It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Now it's time for IRG's Health Talk, tackling health issues that slow you down on and off the field. Dr. Andrews, thanks for joining us today. Keep these kids on the playing field and out of the operating room. Jamie, welcome to you and your wife, Karen, and the Moyer Foundation. Thanks for having me on today, Shannon. Get the full story on causes, treatments, and more from the region's leading healthcare experts. Dr. Gayeth, what are some common hand injuries? The most common hand and wrist injuries I see in golfers. Dr. Yeah. Kotze, let's talk about the elbow. Children usually get an elbow fracture. Dr. Barrett, how long does a typical knee replacement last? We expect 15 years. IRG's Health Talk is brought to you by Integrated Rehabilitation Group with 34 physical and hand therapy clinics throughout the Pacific Northwest. What are these Olympic gymnasts going through right now? (laughs) They're going through a lot of tough workouts. This is it. Here are your hosts, Tom Hudler and Shannon O'Kelly, physical therapist and president of Integrated Rehabilitation Group. Time now for our second guest, Dr. Jing Zhang is with the University of Washington. He's talking today about markers for Parkinson's disease. I'm really anxious to hear what he's got to say today, Shannon. This is going to be fascinating. Absolutely. A lot of research in gene markers uh, for diagnosis of certain diseases. He is with the University of Washington. He is going to have a uh, Parkinson's Congress that he'll be a part of coming up. Well, let's hear what he has to say right now with Shannon O'Kelly. Dr. Zhang, welcome. Wow. A professor of neuropathology at the University of Washington. Tell us about your role at the University of Washington and neuropathology. What do you do? Um, as a, a neuropathologist, our uh, general you know, job is to make diagnosis for brain diseases uh, like brain tumors, and we also make a diagnosis um, you know, uh, like an Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease. So this is the diagnostic work that we normally do. In addition to that, um, we also do research, and my area of interest is uh, related to neurodegeneration uh, that includes Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. And Parkinson's, that's what we talked about last week. Last week's show, we talked about the physical therapy aspect of treating Parkinson's. We talked about Parkinson's, kind of what is it from a neurologist standpoint. And we had Muhammad Ali's eldest daughter on talking about this world congressional event coming up in September, which is September 20th, 23rd here in Portland. And you're speaking at that. So tell us about your research and tell us about your speaking opportunity. That's pretty neat. Uh yeah, so my research area uh, is highly focused on biomarkers. Uh, so I will be you know, the uh, talk about the uh, biomarkers. The title is the uh, proteomic biomarkers, uh, the still upstream of the uh, the clinical utility. So this is my talk. Uh, uh, basically, it's about how to diagnose or the uh, evaluate Parkinson's disease um, uh, by biomarkers. Okay. That is fascinating stuff. I mean, on health talk here that we're doing, we talk about technology advancements and research, and we've talked a lot about biomarkers and biologics. Tell us about biomarkers and tell our listening audience what you're doing because you're in a lab and that's a different world, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, it's uh, the quite a challenging job for us. Uh, but let me say something about biomarkers first. So biomarkers are, are actually... Uh, various quantifications, uh, which can be clinical observations, but typically they refer to the biochemical or the molecular changes in a body fluid, uh, like proteins and genes, to to help us ask a question, uh, like, uh, does the patient actually have Parkinson's disease or not? You're basically taking, um, I'm trying to break this down for our audience here, you're basically taking proteins from the body and you identify if there's markers on those genes that indicates that Parkinson's exist. Right. Uh, not only can it help uh, 
to the clinician to say whether the disease exists patient also can help to tell the patient at what stage the disease is at. Yeah, because last week we talked to Dr. Steigler, a neurologist, and he was saying that there's really no definitive diagnosis. Every Parkinson's patient looks different, uh, presents different. I mean, you know, we talked, you can't do a CAT scan, MRI. There's not an x-ray. There's not a blood test. But a biomarker that you're working on at the University of Washington could indicate that there's actual disease. So this is one of the key areas for biomarker research. Uh, So... Basically, at the beginning of the uh, the disease, um, it's uh, there are, are many you know the uh, movement disorders can present you know the overlapping symptoms. Therefore, uh, diagnosing Parkinson's disease is quite difficult, uh, especially at the early stages. So the um, uh, the biomarkers, at least in theory, can help clinician to make a definitive diagnosis of Parkinson's disease at early stage. And how would you use that uh, in, in, in a practical situation, such as in a physician's office? How would a biomarker be used? Uh, typically, for a biomarker to work, uh, uh, people normally would take like body fluid, like, you know, the cerebral matter fluid, uh, blood, sometimes in saliva, uh, so we can test the proteins or genes and then say whether possibly the patient has disease or not. So we were just talking about biomarkers, and you talked about using, it sounds like you use the patient's tissue, whether it's saliva, blood, some type of protein, and in that tissue, there's genes, and if you can mark those genes or mark that tissue, i.e. what you talk about biomarker, that's what you're looking for. That, that, that's correct. Uh, my specific area is more related to proteins. Okay. So those are the essentially the, the uh, functional unit of the genes. Uh, that's what we're particularly looking at. So is this a situation where you think a gene that produces that dopamine in the brain has been turned off or becomes shut down or dysfunctional? Uh, this actually is a great question. Uh, the, so uh, in a way, the, the, you know, the body can have many res- you know, the, uh, pathways leading to a Parkinson's disease. It could be protein or gene responsible to the dopamine law, could also be response to dopamine laws. Uh, and all those things can be used, used as biomarkers. Nothing is, when we're talking about the brain, nothing's easy. I mean, it's again, it's a fascinating area. Now, let me ask you a question. If you think you can mark the gene or identify it, do you think in the future there's an opportunity or possibility you could turn that gene back on or do something with that gene to make it produce dopamine again? Right. That's a million-dollar question, maybe yeah. more than a million-dollar question. Uh, that's our hope. So find out the, uh, the key proteins, genes involved in key pathways. Uh, therefore, we can manipulate the pathway, hopefully to restore function of the dopamine. Well, when you talk about hope, that's what patients need. That's what family members need, and that's what researchers have is hope. And you get a lot of hope by attending these uh, events, this uh, Congress, this Parkinson's Congress in Portland. And you've gone for the last, what are they, every three years? Tell us about that event. Right. So the uh, what you know, the, uh, the Parkinson Congress is uh, kind of unique in that uh, all the delegates from the uh, as investigators, clinicians, uh, and also we have patients and the, the, the caregivers to come together and the people communicate by their you know, the leading research results, uh, ongoing clinical trials. Uh, so, so, and then this conversation can enhance the, in the communication between the uh, clinicians and the patients, uh, eventually for better research and better clinical care. 
I understand there's about three to 4,000 people from all over the world that are researching, studying, or experiencing Parkinson's coming together in one event. Uh, that's collaboration. That's amazing. Right. Uh, this is a quite unique, actually, for the uh, patients to participate in the Congress. Uh, this is actually uh, really unique in you know, the, uh, the event. Any of our listeners that might want to attend, you've got a couple weeks to register. Can you still register? Can you still get involved? Yes, uh, the uh, people can still register. The uh, the where they can register is a website www.pc2016.org. Uh, we anticipating at least four thousand delegates to present at this congress. Wow, right, right here in the Northwest, right in Portland, three and a half hours down south. I mean, what a great opportunity for researchers, clinicians, patients, and family. Dr. Zhang, thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you for having me. That is uh, very fascinating stuff. The Fourth World Parkinson Congress, and uh, this is going to be something where Dr. Jin uh, Zhang will be a part of. And we talk about biomarkers. It's just fascinating, I think, the technology we have at our disposal today. It's absolutely fascinating. And, you know, we are so lucky, uh, Tom. Here in the Puget Sound, I mean, at the University of Washington, Fred Hatch, uh, Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, the researchers are doing amazing stuff with gene markers to have early diagnosis of cancer and other neurological disorders, better treatment. If you'd like more information on this topic, as well as how to get more information on the World Parkinson Congress, go to WPC2016.org or go to IRGPT.com and click on the Health Experts tab.